in Fort Collins. This is Tammy with Naturally Inspired Health Network. We created a group with real solutions for healthy living. Providers with products and services we trust. Need pain relief? Christy Sullivan, Vitality for Life. Want acupuncture? Debbie Ireland, Touch of the East. Looking for a medical doctor? Dr. Sharon Montez, Living Well Health Group. Solutions for health insurance? Wendy Scipioni, MPB Health. NaturallyInspiredHealthNetwork.com. Connecting people with real solutions for health. Bleed stop. Clinically proven and FDA cleared to stop even arterial bleeds. Pour it into the wound. Apply direct pressure and clotting occurs in seconds. No stinging or burning. Minor cuts or major wounds. Bleed stop is a must for first aid kits, backpacks, and trauma bags. Find Bleed Stop by clicking on the Bleed Stop button on the 1360 KHNC webpage. Products and prices listed on the KHNC website are 20% off the regular Bleed Stop website prices. Get yours today. The Blue Dragon Spa is a man-friendly spa with women bringing their husbands and significant others in for pedicures all the time. Men's feet hurt too, don't forget. Blue Dragon Spa, 1811 Hover Street, Suites A&B, Longmont, Colorado, 720-680-0492, 720-680-0492. This is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and I would like to encourage everyone to make sure they are prepared financially as the Federal Reserve continues to destroy the value of the dollar. Since the closing of the gold window in 1971, the Federal Reserve has led the way in the explosion of debt and the devaluing of your money. They openly say that they need 2% inflation, which simply means they hope to devalue your money, and they want to do this every single year, year after year. I know it's hard to understand, but the Federal Reserve believes in prosperity through debt and growth via the devaluation of your future. To learn more about how to protect yourself, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592 and protect yourself against the devaluing of your money. Hi, folks. This is Pastor Bruce Miller with the Foothills Baptist Church family. Join us Sunday afternoons from 3 to 4 for the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. That's Sunday afternoons, 3 to 4, here on 1360 AM. Hi there, it's Kathy from J-Day's Appliance Sales and Service. I have a maintenance tip to keep your dryer in tip-top shape. Having good clearance in the back, not allowing the vent to be kinked, and check your outside vent for hot and heavy airflow. We're located at 132 East 7th Street, downtown Loveland. Call us at 970-669-1357. That's 669-1357.
Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network. Good morning. Welcome to today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. I'm going to begin with Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing but He reveal His secret unto His servants, the prophets. That's a King James Before the Lord God decides to send trouble, He first tells His prophets about it. Before God sends trouble, He reveals His plan to His servants, the prophets, His messengers. And God is sending trouble to the world today. It's all through the Bible. The pastors, the true pastors of the land, are not presenting the message that God has given them to those who are in their uh, macro or micro world in which they function, I guess would be the word, where they're called, as far as area, state, county, city, nation. Then out of the Wycliffe, Amos 3, 3, I'm sorry, 3, 7, for Yahweh Sabaoth shall do nothing shall not do anything, I'm sorry, shall not do anything unless first he tells his secret or his private plans to his servants, the prophets. That was the Wycliffe, Amos 3.7. Now the voice. The answer to all is the same. No. The eternal Lord does nothing without revealing His plan to His servants, the prophets. They are His spokespeople. In every generation, God has had 
those individuals who would disclose God's plan for that time. Through the last 2,000 years, in every century, God revealed to the servants that He had called that were faithful, ordained by God as prophets. They may not use that word. Uh, the American evangelical Christianity, they don't like the word prophets, apostles. They avoid this use because the use of these terms because they have in the last 50, 100 years have been um, contaminated the reality of God's calling on individuals to present in each decade, in each time period, the uh, eternal purpose of God and what God is doing in each period, they don't like it. They don't like the term prophets. They don't believe that prophets are uh, functioning presently. They don't think apostles are functioning presently. Both prophet and apostle are functioning. The only problem is the men in many of the I would say Pentecostal churches have caused quite a um, I want to pick the right words they have really uh, tainted uh, stained um, because there are so many uh, I'm trying to think of the, a third word. They have uh, really destroyed the true meaning of what a, prof, a, a prophet or apostle is, what they do. Spending time in Pentecostal churches probably starting in two, yeah, two. In, 19, in 1988, gradually spending more and more time in the Pentecostal world, I have quite a bit to say on a very positive note concerning the Pentecostal people. I have quite a bit to say that is very negative about Pentecostal people. I know many Pentecostal pastors, teachers, uh, people that are prophetic. The, uh, the big mistake for the prophets is to love prophecy but to shun sound doctrine. To deviate, to stay away from, to exclude sound theology and doctrine. They focus on signs and wonders. Signs, wonders, miracles, which are needed, which God uses 
But don't try to correct them on doctrinal theological matters because you will be branded and you'll not be allowed in their assemblies. This is the big mistake because they've contaminated the pool of the true prophets of the country and those very few, very few apostles. The evangelicals say there's no such thing as apostles. No. Revelation chapter 18 says the opposite. Revelation chapter 18, speaking of America, states that America and the government will kill the apostles and prophets and eventually all who are slain on the earth so the uh, I, I don't agree with the evangelicals they don't understand they don't understand what an apostle is and for the most part neither do the pentecostals or the charismatics there are no pentecost there are no i'm sorry in the Pentecostal churches especially, and most of the charismatic churches, there is great latitude. Women apostles, there is no such thing. God doesn't change. In the Old Testament, there were no women rabbis. There were women that were involved in the occult that worshipped the sun, the moon. They lamented for who was it? Uh, it's in Ezekiel 9, I believe. Tammuz. A demon, a spiritual power. No women apostles. No husband and wife apostolic teams. There was Aquila and Priscilla in the book of Acts. They worked together assisting men to help give them a clear insight into doctrine. They worked together as a team. They uh, helped Apollos. But they were a team like Derek Prince and his wife, if any of you know who Derek Prince is. They worked together as a husband-wife team. But she was not a pastor, She worked with him in deliverance and teaching. So the prophets of the land, false prophets, true prophets, the prophets that don't care about sound doctrine and even semantics of the scriptures 
They are off the road. They're off the straight path. And it will cost them. And Christ even says it will cost them. He will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You wicked, you, you who work wickedness. So there are prophets in the land and they are presenting to the body of Christ the coming tribulation. The tribulation is very near. I heard a my wife and I were listening to a YouTube and I from a distance was just listening and he was talking about the coming tribulation. Then he's talking about the rapture. Not the resurrection, he's talking about the rapture. There's only two ra two resurrections. The one where the born-again believers are resurrected to the judgment seat of Christ and the resurrection at the great white throne a thousand years plus into the future. Now I'm going to go to uh, Ecclesiastes 3.3. There is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. There is a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away. I'm going to stop here on this verse. This is verse uh, 6. We believers in America have had, that are older, have had the very best that the world has had to offer. It was a time to get. In the baby boom generation, beginning in the early 60s, It was a time of getting, a time to get an education, time to get a good job, time to marry, time to have children, time to spend on your career, save for the future, buy and sell. There was a time to get. That time is over. 
we are now moving into a time where and the pastors, most of the pastors of the land would not want to listen to what I have to say. And, to be honest, many of the believers wouldn't want to hear what I'm going to present. In the tribulation to come, it's going to be a time where the true Christians, there's going to be a great loss. Tribulation means tribulation. It means a hardship, a very uncomfortable hardship. Being put in a situation where you go to bed and you wake up to the, you go to bed with hardship, you wake up with the same hardship. In Matthew 24, Christ was telling, answering the disciples when they asked the question, Lord, what will be the sign of the times? When will the, what are the signs of the end of the world? What will happen? He said there'll be a time of sorrow and birth pains, which leads to tribulation. For the Christian people, who, young Christian people, your parents may be well off, they may have a trust for you. You are planning to, maybe you're newly married, you're planning to build your dream home. I know a lot of many wealthy Christians. Many. And they are planning their children's future. Well, if you're going to plan a word of advice, this is wisdom. Plan spiritually for the hardships to come. Pray more. Learn to pray. Learn to pray accurately. Learn to pray without praying selfishly. Learn to pray for other people that need prayer. Read the Bible. You may not understand what is you're reading. Read it. Remember it. God's Word will not return to Him without a prophet. Don't say we're going to spend a year building a house or going to, like James says, we're going to take our wealth, go into a city, we're going to invest, we're going to buy and sell, and after a year take our earnings, our profit. You don't know what the future holds. No one knows 
what the future holds unless you understand what God says in the prophecies of the Bible through His servants, the, the prophets of Israel, through His apostles, and through what He spoke Himself. We can know the future through the Scripture, through the prophecies about our time. But you don't know when your last day is. God does. And to young people, to families who are planning to assist their children for the future, if you assist them without telling them what's coming and you know what's coming it's going to be difficult for your children with my children our children my wife and I they from the time they were children have been instructed about the reality of who God is the miracles that are needed all through life, what is coming in the future, and it makes them healthy. They are healthy. It helps prepare them psychologically in the soul. Your soul is your mind, emotion, and will. Your mind, your motion, your will. You reason with your mind. You feel with your heart in your emotion. And you make decisions and go forward with those decisions using your will. Spiritually, then you want to keep your heart tender. Your spirit has three components or parts or sections. Your intuition, your heart, and your conscience. That's the spirit of man within him. Your heart, this is the way in which you love God and you love your fellow man. Your intuition is the sense that you have about things that you're not, your mind can't comprehend, but you have a sense to do, to go this direction, to go that direction, to make this decision, that decision, kind of an intuitive ability because that's what your intuition is. This is how the Lord speaks to us intuitively. Then you have your conscience. If you're getting ready to steal something and you're thinking, well, am I in my spirit or am I in my flesh? Well, your conscience is saying you're going to do something wrong, illegal. Your conscience is part of your spirit. The prophets 
the true prophets of the land are warning God's children that distress is coming. God is bringing distress upon the world. And the distress is to, to some degree, force his, God's children to come to Him. And the distress is to also warn the children of the world that the non-believers, the God-haters, that, uh, yeah, you want to afflict God's people? Well, then God will afflict you from, the, from His eternal position. There will be justice. The prophecies talk about the chastisement of God's children and the judgments on the children of Satan. In between are the unbelievers who are going to watch this battle between the Christian people and the God-haters. And in between, you're going to see the people of this country and the people of the world watching this battle, and it will affect them, and they will have to make a decision which direction to go. Receive the mark of the beast or receive eternal life through Jesus Christ. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Any major disaster, especially weather-related, when the power goes out, can cause people to suddenly panic. Within hours, grocery store shelves in your area can be picked clean. Food supply lines get interrupted, and food is hard to find. At that point, it's too late to do anything about it. You must survive only on the food you already have in your home, or risk waiting for the government to respond while you're standing in food lines. So ask yourself, do you have enough food in your home to last for weeks or months? That's why the smart move is to secure your family's personal supply of the most reliable emergency food you can buy. Having at least four weeks worth of food is not a luxury, it's mandatory. If you don't want you and your family to end up in this situation, go to 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button at the top of the page. That's 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button. Hey, this is Rod from PCs and Parts in Loveland. We're your local computer and parts repair store. We have been in business for over 18 years, and we have been fixing computers and love doing that. If you're having anything with technical-related issues, come by and see us. To reach us, call us at 970-203-0696 or go to our website at PCsandparts.com. We'd love to talk to you about your particular problems. Hi, everybody. Glenn Tate, co-host of Prepping 2.0. Shelby Gallagher here. Join us Saturdays at 9 a.m. Right here on 1360 KHNC. Where we bring you great ideas to take your preps to the next level. 
You've probably been hearing me talk about why refi for a while now. Why refi has been getting a ton of phone calls, and I want to thank you for supporting and investing in something that actually helps people. A lot of people are talking about this investment, so I'd like to review the basics with you. First off, yes, it's true. You can earn up to 10.25% fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and there are absolutely no fees. There is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back and your monthly statements will have no surprises. If you're not sure if you can trust this economy, this secure collateralized portfolio may be a good option for you. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or call them at 888-Y-REFI-24. That's 888-Y-REFI-24. Tell them Joe sent you. This is Rick Rodriguez, host of The Present Truth, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Topics, American world hegemony, the new world order, secret societies, one world religion, weather warfare, international wars, transhumanism. Join me, sure that I uh, I'm not presenting this to you so that you'll despair the end is not yet and Christ said that we are to occupy until he comes every day God has given you responsibilities duties and he expects that you take care of what he has given you what the responsibilities that you have, you're to oversee those responsibilities to the best of your ability. The end isn't yet. One thing is with responsibility, it keeps your mind off of the your imaginations of what's going to happen tomorrow. In Matthew chapter 6, that sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. Don't think about tomorrow. Don't try to outguess God. Think about today. You have enough evil this day. Don't think about the evil that may come tomorrow. Don't do that. It works against you. You get depressed. And uh, God... Even in spite of hardships, history has proven in the body of Christ that there has always been hope in spite of hardship because God will always give you hope because he's there to assist you. That is your great hope. No matter what comes, he is available. He is waiting to assist you. You ask He will answer your prayers immediately. It used to be that years ago I would pray for a decade or two decades for my father. 
and um, others too in the family. And in about the late 90s, 20, 25 years later, he met the Lord. Well, you're not going to be able to pray 20, 25 years into the future because we're going to be in eternity probably within a decade, a little less than a decade. So God is going to answer your prayers more swiftly. He has to. You don't have, we don't have the, many young people don't have the luxury of the time that I had. I had the luxury of growing season by season by season by season. A, a slow a slow process like a, a certain trees take 40, 50 years to mature. Well, the young people today don't have 30 or 40 or 50 years to mature. They have uh, a brief period of time. So it's going to be more like bamboo. Bamboo grows, I think they said it, like three three inches a day or, or something like that, some phenomenal rate. So the growth growth for the young people is going to accelerate because God's Spirit is going to be more intense. And God's Spirit is more intense when evil is, uh, as the level of evil rises, the intensity of the Spirit is always ahead of that, of that, uh, of that curve of evil. So the young people, the best advice I can give to young people: solid doctrine, solid theology, and don't neglect eschatology. The testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, is the testimony of Jesus. And I see uh, on YouTube some of these young people that have YouTube sites. I see quite a few that are very, very doctrinally solid. This is exactly what Christ wants of the young people. Okay. Um, I guess I'm going to do this. The podcasts for the programs are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. During the week, I do the Present Truth program, Monday through Friday, in the afternoon, 2 to 3. The podcasts are also on 1360khnc.com. My contact information, Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. Post Office Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. The, uh, I'm going to now go to this Gaza war. This Gaza war is the distress that God says before it would come, He would warn 
his prophets it would come. And he would warn his prophets through the Bible, through the scriptures. There would be clear, sound uh, forecasting. The prophecies are accurate forecasting. They don't change. The problem is interpretation. This has always been the problem. All through my Christian life, interpretation. Solid forecasting is the eschatology. Inaccurate interpretation is where we uh, get in trouble. I talk about Psalm 83. This is a clear warning to the evangelical churches in America. We are apostate. We are far from God. We've left our first love. We are trapped in a culture that is like quicksand. Without help, you can't get out of it. Without help, you're, you're going to be affected. You can't free yourself from this culture. This is why the uh, Bible is so important. When you start to have revelation on certain things, you begin to be strengthened. You're, you are strengthened to make adjustments, to transition out. When I became a believer, one of the first things that happened is, uh, I, I should say this, rather than not when I became a believer, but two and a half years later when I consecrated my life to the Lord, that was the biggest period of transition in my life. I transitioned out of the effects of the world, the culture, the uh, drug world, the sex world, the uh, world of all the vices, V-I-C-E-S, and transitioned into holiness, into righteousness, into what was pleasing to God, from what was unpleasing to what was pleasing, what is pleasing. The transition. And God is speaking very clearly to the evangelical Christians that the Gaza War is a time of punishment for all of the ancient enemies of the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. The families, it's a family squabble between Jacob and his twin brother Esau, between the uh, Isaac, who uh, his half-brother was Ishmael, it's a squabble. It's a family squabble. And then Isaac and Ishmael, they intermarried. Then you have 
Abraham's nephew, Lot, and his two boys through Lot's two daughters, Ammon and Moab, and they're squabbling with the children of Israel too. There's some animosity. There's some hatred. Then you have the surrounding area of nations that of the peoples that lived in that area that are at war with Israel also. Not family, but they're just ancient enemies. Psalm 83, God has put, brought all of the enemies of Israel, ancient enemies, going all the way back 3,700 years, all the way back to the time of Esau and Jacob and Ishmael. Ishmael was about 20 years prior to Jacob, I think. I'm trying to remember. For 18, 16 years. Then, Lot, Ammon, and Moab were born even, I think, prior to Isaac. I'm trying to remember the exact... I'm getting into the details I like details, but I, I really uh, have to think about it. So God had stated in many scriptures throughout the, the um, Old Testament. Now I'm going to give you, you can write them down. Because I've tried to condense them. This is not a complete, but this is a complete list but it is a very, very easy way for you to go and read about these ancient enemies. The book of Obadiah. This is the punishment on Jacob's half-brother Esau. Obadiah. It's only one chapter. But it is a very thorough description of what God has witnessed and how God is going to punish Esau. Now we go to Zephaniah chapter 2. Zephaniah chapter 2 is pretty thorough. It talks about the Philistines in the Gaza. So it's talking about this war presently. Gaza. It's, this is in Psalm 83. 83, these verses all pertain to Psalm 83. Let's take Psalm 83 as the, the bowl on the table. And then you put into that bowl, you put in clear rocks, pebbles, and uh, you put in some uh, turquoise and blue and red and yellow and green just make a display well that the bowl is 80 psalm 83 and then you put in zephaniah chapter 2 you put in amos chapter 1 you put in ezekiel uh oh boy what verse was that 25 and then you put in um jeremiah i think it's 49 And they are the different stones in Psalm 83. 
So Zephaniah, you put Zephaniah in. Zephaniah talks about the Gaza, the war we're in right now with Israel. And it's going to escalate to Moab and Ammon, the two sons of Lot, in the present Jordan, present-day Jordan. Then Zephaniah, at the end of the chapter, talks about the United States of America and what is coming to the United States of America. Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51, in a code, also addresses the punishment coming to the United States of America. Now, Jeremiah 50 and 51 are talking about Babylon. Well, it talks about, it's slipping back and forth from Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon to the great Babylon of the end of the world. It flips back and forth like a switch. And you have to know as you read, when is it talking about Nebuchadnezzar and when is it jumping to the United States? When is it jumping back to Nebuchadnezzar? When is it jumping back to the United States? That's the key. That's in chapter 50. 51, it's doing the same thing, jumping back and forth. And in 51, it does talk about how Babylon mistreats Israel. And that section is talking about what is going to come to Israel in the future when the United States decides to put Israel under extreme hardship during the tribu Great Tribulation. So you have to know the mechanism that God is using to jump from ancient Babylon to modern Babylon, from the Babylon that sits in the ocean of sand to the Babylon that sits between the two great oceans, the Atlantic and Pacific. Then you have Amos chapter 1. Amos is also in that bowl on the table. You have Aram, Aram. It's talking about Damascus. It brings in the prophecy of the destruction of Damascus. Then Amos chapter 1 brings in, secondly, the war in Gaza presently. Then it talks about Tyre and Phoenicia in Amos chapter 1, which also Psalm 83 talks about. Amos goes into it a little deeper. It's talking about Lebanon. In Psalm 83, the war escalates into Lebanon. Just this week, the commander of I didn't bring, I have his, uh, I might get this for the next segment. The uh, colonel commander in Israel, I forget his name, he stated on Wednesday that Israel now is beginning to shift its focus in this war in Gaza to the coming war in Lebanon. The Israeli commander stated that this week. The war is now going to shift to Lebanon. 
right here in Amos chapter 1. Lebanon, the war against Tyre and Phoenicia. This is on the coast of Lebanon. The Bible is detailed on what is going to happen. And we are witnessing it. Then, I'll go back to what the commander said. He said, Israel is going to get the victory. Israel is going into Lebanon to return the country to the government or to the citizens, to eliminate Hezbollah, the, to eliminate and, and uh, end the occupation of the extreme terrorists, Hezbollah, and give Lebanon back to the people of that, na- of that nation. And he said, the question is, presently, they will systematically, there will be operations. It will give uh, Israel a little more time to get a little sharper, a little more focused. And then at some point, when the time is right, there will be an all-out assault to rid Hezbollah out of Lebanon. Are they going to do it? According to Psalm 83 and Amos, God is coming to punish the enemies, the ancient enemies that have never, have always had this intense hatred for Israel as a nation and for the children of Israel as a people. It's not going to end well. It's, it's going to end. The Gaza, the, uh, has the Hamas in Gaza, the, the uh, Hamas means, I have it in my notes, it means chaos, it means uh, violence, violence. Uh, there are many different, different names for Hamas. It's in Genesis uh, chapter 6, I believe it is, when it talks about the time of Noah's flood. There was violence on the earth. There was Hamas on the earth. And Hamas as a group via Islam, yes, violence. But as Christ said, in the days of his coming, it would be as, as it was in the days of Noah. It won't be Islam only that is violent. There will be the societies with all the different rebels within each society that will be violent. We have uh, names for them here in this country. Antifa, etc. Violence. Then we go to then Amos concludes with the campaign upon Edom, which once again refers to Jacob's brother Esau. Then it refers to Ammon, which is the second child of Lot in Ammon, Jordan. And so the war is with Ammon, Moab, 
and Esau, which are inhabitants of all of present-day Jordan. The war, when it takes place, will take place in Jordan. Israel will eliminate these terrorist groups, extreme terrorists, and punish. God said Israel will punish these ancient enemies of Israel and completely strip them of their power, their strength. There's another another teaching or another something else I will present in the future with all of these family members and enemies surrounding Israel that Israel's at war with. God also said, I'll phrase it this way, that he's not just at war with the people, not, not just the Moabites or the Ammonites or the Edomites or the Phoenicians or those in Tyre or the, uh, Palace, the, the Philistines, but he's at war with their gods, with their idols, with their spiritual powers. Like in Damascus, they worship Ben-Hadad, the god of fire, the palaces of Ben-Hadad. I think it's Hen- Hadad is the god of fire. And God says that when Damascus is destroyed, he is going to destroy Damascus with the god that they worship, the god of fire. And it says that concerning Damascus and the prophecies of Damascus, the city will be burned flat to the ground. It'll be char. It'll be just like charcoal. You worship these gods that are real, these fallen angels. These fallen angels will turn on you. You worship idols and the demons and the powers behind the idols. Don't think they won't turn on you. They will. People that worship idols, when they begin to turn to Christ, all of a sudden bad things begin to happen to them. They shouldn't fear the bad things that happen to them. They should turn fully to Christ. And the bad things will end. They'll stop. But if they don't make the full transition to Christ, then the thought of what is coming in the future is much more fearful, eternal fire. We're done with the first hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program. Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com. And contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. We'll be back to continue. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything I do. I am free no matter what rules surround me. If I find them tolerable, I tolerate them. If I find them too obnoxious, I break them. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything that I do. Robert A. Heinlein. ETI is your local one-stop shop for all your heavy equipment needs. From rebuilding your components to helping manage your fleet, our goal is to make your life simple. Our full-service hydraulic and machine shop will meet all your expectations. We also offer free pickup and delivery. 
Call Jeff at 970-685-2064 with any questions or to schedule a pickup. Again, that's 970-685-2064. You can hear the roar. The roar of the Rockies. 1360 AM. KHNC. Johnstown. As the economy collapses, are you prepared to provide even basic essentials for your family? I teach urban survival training course that arms you with hundreds of skills and hacks to keep you and yours going when everyone else gives up. Food and water are only the beginning. Call the Rev at 303-809-3343. That's 303-809-3343. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out, 970-776-0258, My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. This is Craig James from Just Informed Talk Radio, and I want to take a second to tell you about my friends over at thefreedompeople.org. If you guys haven't tried them, you need to give them a call today. All you have to do is go to thefreedompeople.org and set up your call. And what can they help you do? Well, through legal and lawful processes, they'll help you reduce exposure to the tax man or other bureaucratic bodies. They can help you do things like set up express trusts, which help manage your business assets and affairs effectively and privately, while helping you gain greater control of you and your family family's future. It can also help you do things like set up private membership associations, which help you restructure your business in a way that allows you to run it exactly how you want. If you believe your children should be able to receive their inheritance without paying an arm and leg in taxes and that taxes are unjust, the government ceases to represent the interests of its people. I want you to take a second today to go to the T-H-E, freedompeople.org and schedule your call. Let them know I sent you. But more importantly, help make sure that your future is protected and that your business and your family are protected. As 1360 continues to grow, we want to know what our listeners think. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Give us your feedback. Go to 1360KHNC.com and hit the contact button and give us your thoughts. 
Are you looking to sell your excess construction equipment? Trust Steffes Group's team of professionals to get you the best return on your investment. Steffes Group is a nationally recognized leader in the auction business with over 60 years of experience. Their team of professionals prioritize honesty, integrity, and outstanding service, and they work with you every step of the way to ensure a smooth and successful auction process. Go to SteffesGroup.com right now to find a sales representative near you and discuss your options today. J-Day's Appliance is an independent local appliance dealer focused on Main Street, not Wall Street. We offer top brands at great prices, service, and parts to help you keep your current appliances running. So think outside of the big box and think independent and save at J-Day's Appliance. Located at 132 East 7th Street in Loveland, Colorado. Or give us a call at 970-669-1357. You can also visit our website at jdaysappliance.com. That's the letter J, daysappliance.com. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network. Welcome to the second hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. The podcasts for the programs are on 1360KHNC.com. Contact information is Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. And... um, There was another, oh, Sundays, 9 to noon. Every Sunday, 9 to noon. Hopefully, if I don't catch a cold, or we're not in a 20 below zero blizzard, I will be here. Okay, I have been discussing, for those that are just tuning in, I'm giving the verses... From the prophecy in Psalm 83 about the Gaza war taking place presently and how it will escalate into Lebanon. It'll drift over into Syria. It will eventually flare up in present-day Jordan to the north, to the center, and to the south of Jordan. It will um, also affect... Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia will be forced to be involved, and to degree, Egypt. In Psalm 83, Saudi Arabia is just briefly mentioned, I think the sons of Qadar. And uh, it doesn't really mention Egypt other than many of the people living in the Gaza area, the Arabs are from Egypt and some of the other Arab nations. They've been transplanted there. That's an area of land that was called the land of the Philistines, Philistia. 
I've been going through Psalm 83, like setting a bowl on the table. And then you put in the prophecies of Zephaniah and Amos and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and many others concerning all of the ancient enemies of Israel. The uh, family, I, I don't, you'll have to go back, listen to the first hour, I because if I repeat what I re, uh, had already stated in the first hour, I'm going to be so redundant that I'm going to run out of t minutes. Minutes are precious. And you'll have to go back to the first hour to get more of the details, but I'm going to continue and uh, continue the nations that are the enemies of Israel that are being punished collectively now. It began the, the start date. Psalm 83 is a time-sensitive prophecy. All prophecies are, not just Psalm 83, but it had a start date. The start date for Psalm 83 was October 7th, Israel time, 2023. Another, you might say, interesting prophecy state uh, uh, start date of another prophecy is the riddle of the seven kings in Revelation chapter 17, verse 10. The start date of the Seventh king, the seventh president, one of the final seven presidents of the United States of America, the start date was when he won the election in 2016. That prophecy began to be filled, fulfilled. That prophecy and the fulfillment of the prophecy concerning the seventh king, Donald J. Trump, is about to end. All prophecies are time-sensitive. They all have a start and an end date. Psalm 83, the start date for the, the punishment or the families and enemies of Israel, when, the, when they began to afflict the children of Israel, started about 3,700 years ago. And it began with Jacob's twin brother Esau and with Ishmael, Abraham's son through Hagar, and with Lot's two children, Ammon and Moab, through his daughters. So that was a start date of these families that would begin to betray or bring hardship and death to the Jewish to the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob's children. Then the surrounding nations, the lands in the Canaanite nations, the Philistines, all of the non-family enemies in the Middle East, that also began when the children of Israel left Egypt then they began to have enemies that would...
come in to take them captive, remove them from their land, murdered them. It's very fascinating. So in this bowl on the table, Psalm 83, inside that bowl, you have all of these families. Moab, Ammon, Edom, the people in the area of Tyre and Phoenicia. You have the Philistines. To talk about the, the uh, from God's perspective, if you want to look at the Gaza War, go to Obadiah and read Obadiah. You get a clear detail on why God is punishing the people living, or, and it's, it's not so much the people, it is the extreme terrorists. And Obadiah talks about these extreme terrorists. And these terrorists are related to Esau. Esau's children are all over the Middle East. And they all hate the Jewish people because they're family. The greatest, I'm going to go ahead and, and I've thought about this. It's not part of what I had planned to talk about naturally. It always ends up going that direction. But it's very interesting how there's always in the Scripture... God has been faithful to present to us the conflict in the families. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. This is in Romans chapter 9. I touched on it last week. I don't think I was uh, as thorough as I could have been, should have been, because I run out of minutes. Minutes are precious. And they go by so quickly. But it's important. And this is a mystery that we Christians understand for the most part, depending on how deep you are in your knowledge of God and how He works with mankind. With... Um, in Romans 9, he says something very interesting. There's problems with family, with Jacob and Esau. There was problems with Abraham and Lot's and Lot, his nephew. There would be problems with Moses and the children of Israel. Uh... Before they went into the desert, after they were in the, while they were in the desert, uh, you had almost an overthrow by the uh, sons of Korah. They felt that it all go, always goes back to one word: ego. We have uh, what is the what what are the uh, electric car, cars called? Uh, Evo? 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 Yeah, Evos. 
Well, then you have ego. And it goes to the sons of Korah. It cost them everything. Then with going back to the time of Jake, uh, Jacob and all of his sons, you have Joseph and Jacob reckon, recognized something, a quality with Joseph that the other children didn't have. And he made a mistake by doing something very special for Joseph. He made him a coat. And he didn't, not out of one, one sheepskin or whatever, but it was different, different colors. And the children, the other brothers, the 11 brothers, when they saw this, they thought, oh, so now we see that dear old dad has a favorite. And that began some animosity between all the brothers and Joseph. And eventually, it caused Joseph a lot of grief. They almost killed him. Reuben talked him out of it. He's sold to a band of, uh, where did they come out of? And they resell him to Egypt, and he's still he's in a dungeon, or he's incarcerated. And then he he uh, interprets dreams for a butler and a baker, and he tells the butler, "Hey, when you're restored to your office, don't forget me." Well, the butler forgot about him until Pharaoh had a dream, and the butler, his sin, came and caught him, and he told Pharaoh about this young Hebrew boy. Well, God caused it to work together for good, but still, within families, there can be this animosity and struggle and evil then outside of the family, you have the same thing. But here in Romans 9, Jacob and Esau, Rebekah's not pregnant yet. She hasn't conceived. And before these two boys were even conceived, God already hated Esau. Why? Because he's God. But we don't understand why he would do that. We don't need to understand. There are mysteries. But God reveals the mystery, so it's not really a mystery. The, the, the story goes that when Rebecca is pregnant, she knows that these two boys are already fighting within her. They are at war with each other. They are uh, aggressive. Esau and Jacob are... Their mother can't sleep. And she prays, and the Lord tells her that... And I read the verses out of Genesis 25 last week, that 
There are two nations within you, two nations, great, two great peoples, but they're going to hate each other. And um, then what happens is this, that there, there was Rebecca. This is out of Romans 9.10. i got to speak into the mic here. There was Rebecca also when she had conceived twins by one man, our father Isaac. Though the twins were not yet born and had not done anything good or bad, so that the purpose of God, according to His choice, would stand, not because of works, but because of Him who calls. Very simple principle. Any religion that is works-based is uh, not necessarily from God. God calls who He wants. He chooses. And we can't please, please Him through works. We can't. Because it's, a, it's, a, it's an unfair uh, way to measure an individual. Some people physically can work more than other people. So that the person that cannot work like a stronger individual, it's unfair. But it's not, with the things of God, it's not what we do, it's how we were called. God gets to choose. It was said to Rebekah, the older shall serve the younger. Now in the Old Testament, generally the older had the birthright. But in this case, it's flipped. Here, the older will serve the younger. Because it was written for this reason, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. Paul says, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? He said, no, it will never be. It can never be. There is not unrighteousness with God. He said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. God is stating, there are people that I'm going to have mercy on. And there are people that I'm not going to have mercy on. I'm not going to have compassion on some people. So then, so then it does not depend on the one who wills or the one who runs, but of God who has mercy. And Paul understood this because Paul, as an individual, he had worked himself into a position in the uh, religious world. He knew what he had done as far as his works. He was a Pharisee. But then he says, but... God says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And Paul realized, it doesn't depend on the one who wills or the one who runs, but of God who has mercy. So Paul is saying, and he's realized, he, in his experience, it had nothing to do with me that one day God would visit me in, at noontime and a light would appear, a bright light would shine and I would hear a voice 
Paul, why do you persecute me? It's, he didn't, it had nothing to do with him. He did not achieve his salvation through doing what he had, was doing in the religious world. It was because God decided to have mercy on him and God decided to have compassion on him. And it's the same with every one of us. How is it that we who are born again, how is it that God chose us for the weak, weak, you know, uh, weak things? We were, we were uh, weak. Uh, I'm going to read out of 1 Corinthians real quick. After, for after that, the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of the preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ cru crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both of Jews and Greeks, meaning us, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. The weakness of God is stronger than men. So he says here in verse 26, just like in Romans 9 here, you see your calling, brothers, that not many were wise. And I was just going to say, we are really most Christians that I've ever met uh, for the most part, we do may have some intellectual ability, but really, after all is said and done, we realize once we meet the Lord that we're not as wise as we appear to be. Not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. He chose the base things of the world and things which are despised. God has chosen, yes, and things which are not to bring to naught things which are. He chose. He made the decision. We had nothing to do with it. We didn't choose the day we were born, the, the day that we were conceived. We didn't choose whether we were male or female. We didn't choose the nation that we would be born in. We didn't choose our parents. We didn't choose our brothers and sisters. We didn't choose uh, the clothes when we were children that would be put on our back. This is the sovereignty of God. We did not choose. I'm getting way off here, but I'm going to go with this. We didn't get to choose the generation in which we were born. You, We Christians... The Christians in America have been given the greatest opportunity by God himself. He's put us in a perfect situation where we can present this great and mighty God and all of his glory through his goodness, his kindness, his mercy, his tender mercies, all that he is that we experience, that we forget, he has chosen us to represent Him. We are His ambassadors. We are called to be His priests. Not just priests, 
but high priests. Our calling is not a, a base calling. It's not a general calling. It is a high calling. We have been called to represent the very God of the universe to everybody around us. We get to experience uh, God's shelter, His protection, everything that's provided for us. And we, of all people, are born in the final generation. The generation, there's only one generation according to Psalm 224.6. And King David talks about it. He said there is a generation that seeks after the God of Jacob. The God that Jacob served, so real, so powerful, so full of a God that was, was uh, had spoken prophecies to Jacob, things that would happen to him personally and to his children throughout all time. This God who has spoken things over us that are going to come to pass. He chose us for a hardship. For a great time, a hard time, because he knew that through the power of his might, we're going to be able to stand. We can't stand in our own strength and our own might. We have to stand in the might of who Christ is in us. He's not going to let any, any flesh glory. Like it says at the end in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 29. No flesh is going to glory. Every single thing. And I remember when I was a young believer, when I began my churching, my, my, uh, I had to be churched. I had to be trained. I had to be taught. I had to be instructed on the Bible. Now I'm going to have to continue this thought when we get back. But the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com for the Olive Tree site. I'll be back in a few minutes and we'll continue with the thought that I'm going to leave with. What type of financial advisor are you looking for? A lot of advisors work for some great companies that offer good products, but are they taking a close look at what truly matters to you? Most advisors are unfortunately one-trick ponies and come at you with the same strategy no matter what situation you are in. Most of the time, your advisor isn't even reaching out to you to review things and has no desire to actually build a relationship with you. You want to work with someone who's going to hustle their butt off and compete for you and make sure that you are maximizing your hard-earned dollars. I will work day and night for all of my clients and do everything in my power to deliver the best service possible. Reach out to me, Joey Jaquin, Joe Jaquin's son, someone who is going to compete for your business and truly aligns with your conservative values. You can reach me at my personal cell, 602-909-9048. Again, 602-909-9048.
This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. Get ready to embark on an extraordinary journey with Kelvin Crosby, better known as the Deaf Blind Potter, and his over 15 million followers right here on KHNC every Monday at 5 o'clock p.m. Kelvin will motivate you and show you how to live beyond life's challenges right here on AM 1360. My towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel <laughs> lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six-piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to MyPillow.com, use your promo code KHNC to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com. Yes, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Let us help. Listen to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Saturdays at 11, right here on AM 1360. Okay, we're going to continue. And I forgot where I was. 
What I was saying with that last, uh, when I dropped off at the break, I, I started listening to this song, and God is going to teach us, and is teaching us how to wash, fight, and pray. To wash, fight, and pray. Now, if I can remember what I was discussing before I got caught up in this song, I... Well, okay, well, I guess I'll have to fake it. Uh, okay, thank God I remembered. Thank you. Whoever was praying that I'd remember, thank you. I just remembered. I'm in California. I'm beginning my time where God knew I needed to be churched. I needed to be trained in the Word, the Word of God, and the ways of the... There are... Uh, we have to behave in the church of God. We have to behave. There's order. There's not confusion. God is not a God of... He's a God of order. He's not the God of confusion. And when we realize, and I remember hearing the pastor just he he just said basically nothing that we have, really everything has been given to us by the by the Lord. And I began to think about that and I developed it. I didn't choose the day I was born. I didn't choose really the day I was born again. I didn't choose the direction I was going to go. I maybe obeyed what the Holy Spirit would tell me to do. And then He would continue to direct my steps. I never intended to get married. But a brother came to me one day and tells me that if I don't get married, I cannot continue and I won't grow in Christ. I thought that was hilarious. That was in April. I was married five months later. I was part of that fellowship for about four years, two years in California, two years here in Denver. And then the Lord began to feather my wife and I out of the church life, out of the Christian assembly, because God had a different plan for me to kick me out of the nest so that I would learn to fly out in the world. This is what happened to the Apostle Paul. He was kicked out of the nest. He had to learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. By revelation, he realized that he would be an apostle to the Gentiles. He knew by revelation that he had been given, the, his duty was to preach the gospel. And the gospel that he received no one else, anyone else, no one else's gospel could match what God had given him. He was to oversee the Gentile family. At the same time, he was to explain to both Jew and Gentile the eternal plan of God because both were in that plan and both were going to work together. 
And in Ephesians and in Romans, he explains these two corporate peoples. And I realized that the every job that I ever, every occupation, everything I ever did, the Lord arranged it. And He would end it. I bought a business. The business was successful. Two years later, I bulge a disc. Two weeks later, I blow a disc. I can't walk. I can't stand up. For 30 days, I have to crawl to the restroom, crawl back. I had to crawl uh, 40 feet one way. No, it was about 50 feet, actually. And then back to the bed, back to the couch. I couldn't even sleep in my own bed. I had to sleep on a couch because couches have curves, and for some reason they're soft, and I could, I was in pain. And 30 days later, the Lord spoke to me, get the family pastors together, have them pray for you, and I'll heal you. And I knew that day that I could get up back on the couch and I could give up the ghost. I knew that I could lay right there and go be with the Lord. And I understood how, I think it was Isaac, gave up the ghost. I called my fam the, the, the family members, my brothers, and a couple of friends. Went down to Denver. I lived in Longmont. They prayed for me. That was on Saturday. I obeyed the Lord. On Sunday, I used to deliver bread for a bakery east of Longmont. Monday, they gave me a call. I had not been able to get out of the house for 30 days other than the trip to Denver to have prayer. And I began to function once again. I made a delivery. I was healed. I wasn't completely healed, but I was able to function once again. Everything is arranged by the Holy Spirit. And we make mistakes. We take directions. We do things that put us in a bad situation. We judge, I can't even explain or describe uh, what I'm looking at in my mind. All I can say is this. Romans chapter 8, the beginning chapter of the freedom of the believer. The freedom in the Christian walk begins in Romans chapter 8. You're born again. If you followed, obeyed the Lord's principles of being baptized and having your sins put in the waters of baptism, there in the death waters, never to resurrect again, all your sins of your past are powerless. Then it says in Romans 8, that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. None? None. No means no. No condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And when you have that revelation, you realize that Satan does not have the power over you any longer. Because you are free. 
There is no condemnation for your past sins. It's just... There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And as we daily walk after... take the direction that the Lord wants us to take, away from evil, away from sinful things we begin to get the advantage, we begin to be strengthened, and we begin to experience the power that is in the Spirit that's in us. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes us free from the law of sin and death. It's walking by the Spirit. Now, I can't get into a whole new teaching here. I have to return now back to where I was sidelined. Going back to Psalm 83, there is a timeline. It is a time-sensitive prophecy. It will end after Israel has taken over the present-day nation of Jordan. Israel will take over that land. Israel will also destroy the city of Damascus. That concludes, for the most part, the prophecy about Psalm 83. The next prophecy that is attached to Psalm 83 is Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. In the near future, at the right time, we're going to switch from Psalm 83 to the Gog-Magog war. Then we're going to switch from the Gog-Magog war at its end to the covenant in Daniel 9.27 and Isaiah 28, verse 15, 16, 17, and 18, the treaty with death and hell. Because after Russia is destroyed, there will be a contract, an agreement, a treaty signed with the coming president of this country, and the nation of Israel. I don't think it's going to be signed with Benjamin Netanyahu. When the Psalm 83 war is finished, I think Benjamin Netanyahu will have finished God's plan that he, Netanyahu, is to accomplish. God has a specific beginning to end plan for Netanyahu, and I think that when the war is concluded... Uh, I don't think Netanyahu's going to want to be part of the Israeli government any longer. In my read of, the, of, of Scripture, I think that Antichrist is going to sign an agreement with globalists, a hardcore globalist within the nation of Israel, hard, hard, uh, take-over-the-world type of globalists. And I don't think Netanyahu, I, I think he's going to be fatigued. I think God is going to end his political career, just like God is going to end Donald Trump's political career very shortly. So, with prophecy for, for we believers, the prophecy teachers or the pastors of the land, the men in responsible positions do not want their assemblies to have a diet 
of eschatology, of end-time prophecy. They will not pull out the map of what is going to happen in the future to show their people in their congregation. They don't want to do that because it will cost them. Some of these people are so against prophecy, they will leave that congregation. But let them go. Let them be punished. When the hardship comes, God will not hear their cries. God is very clear on this. God, God's people that don't want to hear what He has to say, especially now about the events taking place in the world, these people, well, God will accommodate them. One thing about the Lord, He is meek, uh, but He is clear. He is, he is very strong when it comes to His children listening to what He has to say. The children that don't listen to what He has to say are poor students, number one, and they are um, in trouble. They are uh, headed for... I'll give you the verses. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He says it seven times to the seven churches. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Especially in this time. King David, I forgot to go back to Psalm 24, 6. David said there would be a generation. One generation. That generation came into existence. It began the prophecy of fulfillment. Time sensitive, once again, began with the baby boom generation children after World War II. That's the generation that David was talking about. One generation would, that would seek the face of the God of Jacob. One generation. It wasn't his generation. It wasn't the generation when Christ came. It was the generation at the end of time, at the end of, of the period, at the end of the period of time of Satan's rule. Satan would be allowed to basically rule the world for 6,000 years. He would build his kingdom in the last probably 2,000 years, and it would be finalized and fully built presently. The kingdom that Satan has built is almost completed. And part of that, part of what is necessary is the coming control mechanism in Revelation chapter 13, a system of buying and selling. It's almost complete. But David said, there's a generation that seeks the face of the God of Jacob. One generation. 
It is the baby boom generation of the United States of America. Soon after this nation, after the baby boom, we ended World War II, and that young children began to be born again. I'm sorry, when the great increase in childbirth began, it would be about 60, 63, right in that vicinity where the great movement of born-again children would begin at the right at the presidency of John F. Kennedy. There would be the what we call the Jesus movement period of time, a time where the Holy Spirit would pour His Spirit upon the youth of the nation, and the youth of the nation would begin to come to Him. Well, you can say that Israel began its baby boom generation in 1948. It did. It did. But they had no freedom of religion to preach Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified in Israel. It had to happen in the United States. It had to happen, and it could happen because of our Constitution. David was talking about the people, the young people born after World War II, that beginning in about the late 50s, early 60s, up until about the mid-70s, a whole family would be born, a, a, a whole massive group of people would be born again, young people, not the elderly, the young heart of the nation people. And what was unique about it, this could not happen in Israel. There are no Gentiles in Israel. It had to happen in a nation where there are Jews and Gentile children. Jewish and Gentile children. And the baby boom generation move of the Holy Spirit brought in the Jewish children and the Gentile children, and there was harmony and there was love with the, the between the two in the 60s and 70s. And something happened. And now there has been for the last 30 years, roughly a little longer maybe, there's been kind of an animosity. I can tell you what it is, but... Uh, I better be careful and just stick with what I, I know I'm safe at this time in presenting. God's purpose is with both the Jewish and the Gentile Christians, not either one solo, both together. It is developed. It was a, it was a uh, revelation that God gave the Apostle Paul, and he develops it in a very unique way in Ephesians chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, mostly 1, 2, and 3, and in Romans 9, 10, and 11. He develops this family in Christ and the problems that there would be because of the devil's involvement. There would be, uh, in both families, there would be apostasy, in both family families, there would be errant understanding 
of the eternal purpose of God for the baby boom generation Christians that King David in Psalm 24, 6 spoke of. Only one time in the Bible will the whole, a, a, a whole massive number of people seek the face of the God of Jacob. Only one time. We're in that time presently. This family, I will now give you Revelation chapter 11. The two witnesses. Forget, get this concept, get this age-old concept of two pious Jewish men, Elijah, uh, Moses, uh, John the Baptist. No. God has finished that scenario, that type of... Uh, that plan is, was used in the past. These are the two sons of oil spoken of in Zechariah. The two sons of anointing oil. Not Zerubbabel and Zechariah. No, he's jumping in Revelation chapter 11. These are the two anointed sons of oil. Jewish and Gentile believers in Messiah. These two witnesses are in Messiah. They are in Christ. This is the mystery. And Paul talks about these two prophets in Ezekiel, I'm sorry, in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, Romans 9, 10, and 11. They are the born-again Jewish and Gentile believers that are one in Messiah that are at peace and with each other. There is no, like Esau and Jacob, they, one, God loved. Jacob have I loved. Esau have I hated. With these two witnesses, Jewish and Gentile, these are the sons of the living God. These are the sons that Paul is, uh, that, I'm sorry, King David is talking about in Psalm 24, 6. These are the, these two are the ones who seek the God of Jacob. And they stand before the God of Jacob. They stand before this God of the whole earth. And they know their enemy, they're no confusion. They are not in conflict with each other. They are at war with the nations. They are at war with the enemies of God. And they are going to represent God so that those who need to come to Christ will come to Christ. They stand before the God of the whole earth. They stand. They're not sitting. They're not walking. They're standing. Okay, this is the end of the second hour. Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com. We'll finish the third hour in a few minutes. Begin the third hour. 
My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of Northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-40... Well, I'll uh, we'll just continue here for a second. And... Um, but uh, I'm looking at the clock on the screen, and I'm off a few, about a half a minute. Our full service height. So just hang with me. But in the meantime, the mystery of the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 12. This is what God's intention is. He is going to bring a very clear understanding of these two witnesses. You can hear the roar, the roar of the Rockies. Thirteen sixty. That's what he AM. wants to do. Kate, that's what he's going to do. Johnstown. So, okay, we'll see if we're going to go. Hey, this is Rod from PCs and Parts in Lola. Okay. We're your local computer and parts repair store. We have been in business for over 18 years, and we have been fixing computers and love doing that. If you're having anything with technical-related issues, come by and see us. To reach us, call us at 970-203-0696 or go to our website at PCsandparts.com. We'd love to talk to you about your particular problems. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out, 970-776-0258, My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. Are you looking to sell your excess construction equipment? Trust Steffes Group's team of professionals to get you the best return on your investment. Steffes Group is a nationally recognized leader in the auction business with over 60 years of experience. Their team of professionals prioritize honesty, integrity, and outstanding service, and they work with you every step of the way to ensure a smooth and successful auction process. Go to steffesgroup.com right now to find a sales representative near you and discuss your options today. All of your electronic devices can be severely damaged by lightning bolts and power surges. Even worse, an EMP attack can destroy everything, leaving our technology-dependent society with no technology. But don't let that be you. Go to EMPShield.com and put KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield is an electromagnetic pulse, solar flare, and lightning protection system made to protect you and your electronics. Again, go to EMPShield.com and type KHNC in the promo code box. EMPShield.com. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps and our team is made up of veterans and security experts. 
not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont. Or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's warriorsrevolution.com. The globalists say resistance is futile. Will you choose to accept your slavery or declare your liberty? Find out how on Pac-Man and the Rev, Saturdays from 1 to 2. Sometimes the truth hurts. This is Tammy with Naturally Inspired Health Network. We created a group with real solutions for healthy living. Providers with products and services we trust. Need pain relief? Christy Sullivan, Vitality for Life. Want acupuncture? Debbie Ireland, Touch of the East. Looking for a medical doctor? Dr. Sharon Montez, Living Well Health Group. Solutions for health insurance? Wendy Scipioni, MPB Health. NaturallyInspiredHealthNetwork.com. Connecting people with real solutions for health. Blade Stop, clinically proven and FDA cleared to stop even arterial bleeds. Pour it into the wound, apply direct pressure, and clotting occurs in seconds. No stinging or burning. Minor cuts or major wounds, Bleed Stop is a must for first aid kits, backpacks, and trauma bags. Find Bleed Stop by clicking on the Bleed Stop button on the 1360KHNC webpage. Products and prices listed on the KHNC website are 20% off the regular Bleed Stop website prices. Get yours today. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network. Day by day, oh dear Lord, three things I pray, to see thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, follow thee. Welcome to the third hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. Podcast for this program, all is on uh, for the Olive Tree and Lampstand program is K as 1360khnc.com to the olive tree site and also for the weekday programs the present truth 1360khnc.com to the present truth site discussing psalm 83 i week to week i think well i've discussed it over and over redundantly and the Lord said well it is a major prophecy it is an important prophecy for our time it is my warning to the people in my churches that the tribulation is coming you tell them Psalm 83 is in the time of sorrows and birth pains which I talk about which Christ talks about in Matthew chapter 24 
If my people are asleep, if they don't know prophecy, if they don't know, and the, and the most part for the ministers of the land are not talking about, and they don't know about, they've never heard, and they wouldn't talk about Psalm 83, the prophecy in Obadiah, the whole chapter, the whole book of Obadiah is the war in Gaza. That's what Obadiah talks about. Just the war in Gaza. One thing. He doesn't talk about the children of Lot, Ammon, and Moab. He doesn't talk about uh, the Philistines. He doesn't talk about the, the enemies in Lebanon or Syria or Damascus or Russia or... He only talks about Jacob's twin brother Esau. This prophecy, Psalm 83, when it's finished, the next conflict is going to be the Gog and Magog war, Ezekiel 38 and 39. And the tribulation will begin soon after. So I'm thinking, Lord, you know, I've been presenting this since the 8th of October. And the Lord said, well, the war that started on the 7th of October is continuing. It's important. It is uh, my way of speaking to Israel as a nation and to my churches throughout the world. This war, many things will happen adjacent to it what's happening in the Red Sea with uh, the Houthi terrorists in Yemen stopping the trade the ships going through the Suez Canal this is affecting Europe massively it's not affecting us but the nations in Europe in the Mediterranean, all the way up to England, it is affecting them in a very negative way. At the same time, the Islamic families, to some degree, are going to begin to unite. To some degree. Christ said that the kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. Islam will be a divided. These families, these tribes... The Wahhabis, the Shia, the Sunnis, the different forms of religious thought is causing great, has caused and will continue to cause great conflict between the Muslim people. It's a kingdom divided against itself. Then, with the, what's happening in Ukraine... This war in Ukraine has made Russia financially very, very strong. Russia's uh, industry is geared toward making weapons. Well, they have to, because they're going to bring those weapons with them when they come to the Middle East, to the fields, to the... Uh, to the present-day Jordan with Iran and other nations, and they have to stockpile 
the Jewish people that live in what we would call that area of Petra, they have to stockpile that area because they have to burn those weapons for seven years because eventually Israel, west of the Jordan River, is going to be put on a, a restriction. They're going to be put on, a, a, what do you call it, uh, like when you're at war. Um, my goodness, I can't think of the name. Rations. Everything's going to be rationed. Who's going to ration Israel after the after in the first half of the tribulation? America. We will tell Israel what you can have and what you cannot have. And one thing you're not going to have, Israel, is you're not going to have more in, any more weapons because you're not going to go to war any longer. But now across the Jordan River to the east, there in the fields out in the country, they're going to need, they're going to be cut off. <laughs> Nobody's going to trade with them. But Israel's going to occupy that area. But Russia and all of these armies that are coming are bringing everything necessary for that area to exist and be able to, uh, and, and to make it for the next seven years, the following seven years. So they're going to be stockpiled. Russia's coming to stockpile that area for the Jewish people that live in that land of Petra down south. I'm going to talk about Obadiah, one chapter, but very clear, concerning the Jacob's twin brother Esau. Or not twin, they were born together, but they're not twins, they're nothing alike, they don't look alike. One is hairy, one is, uh, is uh, light-skinned, one is uh, red uh, Esau was more red. Jacob wasn't. Okay, Obadiah. The vision of Obadiah. The Lord God proclaims concerning Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord. A messenger has been sent among the nations. Rise up. Let us rise up for her battle. And this is happening right now. Rise up for this battle. Look now, I will make you of little importance among the nations. You will be totally despised. Your proud heart has tricked you. You who live in the cracks of the rock, whose dwelling is high above. You who say in your heart, Who will bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like the eagle, though your nest is set among the stars, I will bring you down from there, says the Lord. This is talking about these terrorists, Hamas terrorists, Edomites. They've said that Gaza is one of the most populated cities in the world, most condensed and populated. I believe it. So, God is saying that Israel, or that, that, well, yeah, I guess you could say that Israel is going to be used by God to 
punish and destroy Israel's ancient enemy, Esau. Verse 5, if thieves approach you, if robbers by night, if robbers by night, how you've been devastated. Wouldn't they steal only what they wanted? If those who gather grapes came to you, wouldn't they leave some grapes? How Esau has been looted, her treasures taken away. Did you just hear this week that Israel went in? and found the underground bank for the Hamas uh, in one of the tunnels. I don't know what kind of treasures, gold, bullion, or uh, I know they're getting money from many nations, U.S. dollars included. Well, it's kind of like a bank, underground bank, has been looted. How Esau has been looted. His treasures taken away. All those who were your allies have driven you to the border. Those who were on your side tricked you and triumphed over you. They are setting your own bread as a trap under you, but you don't see it coming. Won't I on that day, says the Lord, destroy the wise from Edom? And understanding from the Mount Esau, your warriors will be shattered. Teman and everyone from Mount Esau will be eliminated. This is, the, the, this is God's punishment on this ancient family 3,700 years ago. Verse 10. Because of the slaughter and violence done to your brother Jacob... Shame will cover you, and you will be a destroy and you will be destroyed forever. You stood nearby, strangers carried off his wealth, foreigners entered his gates, cast lots for Jerusalem. You too were like one of them, but you should have taken no pleasure over your brother on that day of his misery. You shouldn't have rejoiced over the people of Judah. On the day of their devastation, you shouldn't have bragged on their day of hardship. You shouldn't have entered the gate of my people on that day of their defeat. You shouldn't have even looked on his suffering on that day of his disaster. You shouldn't have stolen his possessions on that day of his distress. You shouldn't have waited on the roads to destroy his escapees. You shouldn't have handed over his survivors on the day of defeat. The day of the Lord is near against all the nations. So this right here is the uh, way in which God is telling us presently this prophecy is for 2023 and 4 and 2024. This prophecy is now for our time. The day of the Lord is near against all the nations. God's war, in a sense, has begun against all the nations. It's already in progress. The distresses on the nations, uh, yes, 
America may cause some distresses. Russia may cause some uh, distresses. China. But really, when you go to the reality behind all of it, God is allowing this conflict as a punishment. And they have to raise their hand to one another. They have to... uh, There must be... They have to be antagonistic toward one another because this is going to force them to eventually make a decision. We're going to go to Armageddon. We're just going to end this. We're going to Armageddon. Let's settle it in Israel. Let's settle it. But but let's don't fight amongst ourselves. Let's just go there and end it once and for all. And in the process, the winner takes it all. And the, the battle is who is going to rule the new coming world. China has plans to rule the world by 19, I'm sorry, 2049. America, our plans have been to rule the world by now, presently, or now most. Uh, I mean, we should have already ruled the world. And... Uh, Islam, now they're, they're in, they, they, you have to count them in the battle, now their march to bring in a new world order has begun. Okay, going back to Obadiah, 14, you shouldn't have waited on the roads to destroy his escapees. You shouldn't have handed over his survivors on the day of defeat. The day of the Lord is near against all the nations. As you have done, so will it be done to you. Your actions will make you suffer. Just as you have drunk of my holy mountain, so all the nations around you drink. They will drink and swallow quickly. They will be like they've never they will be like they've never been before. But on Mount Zion there will be those who escape it will be holy. And the house of Jacob will drive out those who drove them out. Okay. Verse 17. No one's going to drive out the terrorists out of Gaza. Because here it says, the house of Jacob will drive out those who drove them out. The house of Jacob will be a fire. The house of Joseph, a flame. And the house of Esau, straw. They will burn them up completely. There will be no one left of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. Those of the arid southwestern plain will possess Mount Esau. It's not only going to be in Gaza, it's also going to be in the Jordan to the south. Those of the western foothills and the land of the Philistines, okay, The western foothills, the land of the Philistines, this is a a clear description of the coast Gaza to the south of Israel along the coast, the land of the Philistines. They will possess the land of Ephraim and the land of Samaria. And Benjamin will possess Gilead. Those who remain of the Israelites will possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zareph, 
Hath. Now, the land of the Canaanites does kind of stretch up into the West Bank. So I think what he's saying here is that the, it was a long stretch. It was a more of a stretch north and south. But I think it did go to the east of Jerusalem up to where present day the present day West Bank is. So the West Bank is going to be involved in this also, even though uh, Mahmoud Abbas right now is trying to stay out of the conflict. Well, if I understand what it's saying here, uh, Israel is going to possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zarephath. And those left from Jerusalem who are now living in Shepharad will possess the cities of the arid southwestern plain, which is again Gaza. The deliverers will go up to Mount Zion to rule Mount Esau, and the kingdom will be the Lord's. So, this war, when it's concluded, Israel will occupy and will remove all every every one of the extreme terrorists everyone and they're moving very quickly they're continuing to they're making great progress in the north gaza now central gaza and they're moving south toward the egyptian border and uh they are they are finding these uh ammunition manufacturing facilities, destroying them. Like I say, they found a big bank with all their money. I don't know what, other, what, what kind of uh, currencies they have there, but they lost the bank. Israel is making it known that all these relief organizations are assisting the Hamas terrorists. The UN is assisting. The relief organizations, Red Cross, they are assisting the terrorists. The hospitals, the mosques, schools, this is where they hide in these buildings. Obadiah makes it very clear that Jacob's brother Esau, the punishment on Esau has begun. I'm going to be running out of time here, but the punishment in Lebanon has already begun too. And the terrorists, Hamas or the Hezbollah, are. Um, There, there's there's uh, Israeli plans again, like I read in the first hour. The general, I can't think of his name, the commander of that operation stated he's, he's uh, the commander of the operation in the Gaza, but he said that the campaign is going to move north into Lebanon. They're going to remove Hezbollah and return the the all of these cities in the area 
the communities back into the control of the Lebanese government. Israel's doing the Lebanese people and the Lebanese government a great justice, a great... Uh, uh, they are really assisting, helping them to once again be able to... Uh, the, the wars are going to settle down and Hezbollah is not going to have a knife to the throat of the officials in Lebanon. This is disturbing to the uh, terrorist groups in Syria and also King Abdullah II. He's, he realizes it's already, uh, what is it? What was it I heard? that already some of the terrorists in his own country are beginning to stir up a little trouble. Well, Israel's ready to take on Hezbollah. And ready, really right now, the Arab nations in the region are fully aware that even collectively, they're not going to, these nations that attack Israel aren't going to do well. They're not going to do well. And the United States, for I know that there is a, um, what do you call it, a, a protest by the American Christians, Pentecost, not so much Pentecostal as more evangelical churches more support in a sense for Esau, for Gaza, for the Palestinians. They're not Palestinians, they're just Arabs from Egypt and from other nations. And the um, what was it they said? That um, the, oh, I was saying that the Christians, because they don't understand the prophecies concerning, well, the prophecies in Psalm 83, that this is a punishment of the enemies, just the beginning punishment of Israel's enemies. God has commanded Israel to go to war with these enemies. Israel doesn't have a choice when the Lord said, that he's going to punish all of them, well, they're going to be punished, and he is very clear that it would be Israel that would be the one to punish the brothers and the family and the enemy and the countries that have been at war with Israel that have caused Israel so much trouble. They didn't cause them any trouble when they didn't exist, but once Israel became a nation. All of a sudden, they came back to life. The American Christian that supports Hamas and the conflict in Gaza that are asking and protesting, demanding Israel cease their genocide, it's not a genocide. The genocide is from Hamas toward the Jewish people. That's the genocide. Israel 
cannot lose one battle, not one war. Because if it loses that war, Israel will be invaded so quickly, it will cease to exist. That won't happen, but that's what would happen if Israel doesn't win this coming, this war that they're in right now, Psalm 83. The Christians to support, and I know uh, these are, I should mention their names. I, there is a uh, Stu Peters, uh, Maria Z, we play their programs on the station. Uh, Mike, um, Natural Health, uh, I can't think of his name. Mike Adams. Uh, when I heard these, some of these interviews with them talking about what's happening in Gaza and how they support the Gazans and they are not standing with Israel, I thought, uh-oh, we'll be back. Reasons to Own Gold. Brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group at allamericangold.com. Reason number 647. Most people don't even know that the courts have already ruled. Once money is deposited into the bank, the bank owns the money, and the depositor is merely an unsecured creditor of the bank. Which means if the bank goes under, you get paid last. After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank and made too big to fail banks even bigger while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800 951 If you're not listening to Swamp Fight... You're just not listening. Join us here in the swamp Wednesdays at 5 p.m. and Saturdays and Sundays at 12 noon right here on AM Alright, this is the final 30 minutes of the program. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. The podcast, 1360 KHNC. The podcast section, every Sunday, 9 to noon, Unless it's bad weather. And even then, sometimes I still come in. I want to thank everyone for your prayers. I have been asking for uh, prayers for... I'm making decisions about different things. And uh, I need... I've asked for that God would give me the wisdom 
and the uh, insight. There's another word I'm looking for. Um, just with every with every when changes take place, and we we move from one season into another season, we can tell instinctively. We just know. I need clarification. I need to be very clear on decisions that I'm making. I thank everyone because God has really answered your prayers. Uh, I am uh, moving from one season into another season, one chapter into another chapter, uh, many different ways to phrase it. But so thank you so much for your prayers. To finish out, so that was Obadiah. This was a very strong word by the Lord, specifically just to the children of Esau that are in the Gaza and all the way to the east in the southern poor part of present-day Jordan, down to close to Aqaba and east, in that region. God wanted the whole world to see that what he says will happen, we cannot stop it. When it begins to happen, we are to watch it. We are to pay attention. It's not just that Esau is being punished. It's that God is warning that we Christians should be aware that the tribulation is coming. Tribulation is coming. It's, we're not to be distressed. We're just to be, we need to wake up. And one of the things that I know that in waking up, You need clarity like I need clarity. We all need clarity. Each one of us, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. He speaks in many different ways. But He will speak to you according to your personality. If you are involved in sports, He will speak to you with things pertaining to the sports world. If you're in finance, He will speak to you with things that happen in the financial world. Uh, he all he speaks to us very clearly in where we've been positioned and where our interests lie. The tribulation is coming. We are to occupy till he comes. We're not to be put into undue stress or depression? No, just the opposite. We need to pray that we don't know maybe what adjustments we need to make. Many times, um, I'll give you an example. Sometimes I will just, uh, oh, maybe taking care of some business at home, uh, and I'll just have a thought. 
I've kind of drifted away from maybe my God, what, what is most important. I'm involved in a lot of activity, but maybe I'm not really doing what is the most productive for my spiritual, for what I do spiritually. I'll just sit down, I'll say, Lord, okay, I need to just, Lord, I'm not sure which direction to go. I'm not really sure what I need to see, what I need to know, what I need to understand. Please just reveal to me what is the most important thing, direction I can go. And within sometimes minutes, I'll realize, okay, all right. When I pray, I'll take a prayer drive. The Lord says, you need to go out and pray. Well, I don't know what to pray. I don't know what is important. I just know that he's told me I need to get in the car and go take a little drive. And once I get in the car and I'm heading down the road, I say, okay, Lord, um, amen, I need your spirit. I need direction. You, you're the master of ceremonies. You decide what I need to pray about. And I'll start praying for people. Or I'll start praying for whatever has really been uh, heavy on my mind, something that I really feel strongly I need to pray for. But he'll always meet me. He'll always come and answer my requests. Don't be ashamed to pray for yourself. You need to pray for yourself. I've stated this before. We do pray for other people. But we need to pray for ourselves. Uh, If you have physical problems, don't be ashamed to just say, Lord, I am going to lay hands on myself and pray. Do it. Just lay hands on yourself and pray for whatever the problem is. And just by faith, say, Lord, you're my healer, but I'm laying my hands on my whatever, my shoulder. I pray for relief. I pray for healing. I pray for, I need healing. Just pray, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And I've done this and God has healed, healed me from certain things. Boy, I'm really trying to think of so many examples, but, um, Learn to pray for yourself. King David in the Psalms, he prayed for himself. I mean, he had to. He's, he has King Saul chasing him. He had to pray, you know, for protections from Saul. He had to pray for protection from his enemies. Uh, he had to... Um, I can't even think of all the things that he had to pray for. He was sick. He had, uh, they think he had a sexual disease. And it was very uh, devastating to his physical body. He had to pray and ask the Lord to heal him. And the Lord did heal him. He needed to know when to go to battle. If he should go. 
Without the Lord's permission, he didn't go. He'd say, Lord, do you want me to go uh, to battle with the Moabites? The Lord would say, go, I'll give you the victory. And he'd go. He was involved in establishing his kingdom. Even though Saul was the king, he still was taking care of... uh, he, He was learning being instructed, being trained in battle. And then when he replaced Saul, then he was ready for the battles that would come to rid the enemies from the surrounding area. He was ready, prepared, and he was able to do it quite quickly. And then he was able to bring peace to to, to Israel bring peace to a great degree to the two families. Pray for yourself. In America, we as a nation, as, as, a, as a body of believers, there is apostasy, the the Apostasy apostasy isn't coming. The apostasy has arrived. We are in it. Like uh, it says in the King James, the falling away from God has taken place with most Christians. The Christians that have through years and years should have been growing because they haven't positioned themselves and unknowingly positioned themselves in assemblies where they just don't give the people in that church a proper diet. A proper diet, in my experience, was when I began, I gave my life to the Lord and began being churched. Friday night, the assembly, we would go, we were going through the Gospel of Matthew. Every Friday night till we went through that book, we went through Matthew. On Sunday, We had two services, Lord's Table and a teaching in the morning. We systematically went through the book of Genesis. Then we systematically went through the book of Hebrews. And we'd go through the book of Romans. Systematically, every week, there was one meeting that was set aside just for teaching a book in the New Testament then we jumped to the Old Testament. Then we went to uh, Revelation. And we systematically went through the book of Revelation. This is really the best way to just anchor yourself. And if you don't have a facility or a church or an assembly that does that, 
Well, do it the old-fashioned way. Just open the scripture, and I like I like translations. I use I use the King James to study out of because it's most accurate, I believe. And then I use a common English translation. So if there's something I don't quite catch in the King James because of the, the it's, it's difficult. If you were born in England, you would understand the King James much easier than if you were born in America. Take another translation and just read side by side and get the, if you can get a good study Bible, I uh, have the the Dake, the old Mr. Dake, Pentecostal, but I have to be careful because Dake is was Pentecostal and he brings in a lot of the Pentecostal thought. But still, I like the Dake Bible because of all the footnotes, and it's very it's very clear. It's a great Bible, but I have to be careful because Dake was Pentecostal. He was pre-trib. There are a lot of other uh, Pentecostal doctrine. You can lose your salvation, but you can get it, gain it back if you repent. Well, I'm not into that elevator salvation. But Dake, I like Dake. And very informative. He did his research. He was a, a, a gentleman who asked the Lord to give him a photographic memory. And if the Lord would give, him a photo, would give him a photographic memory, he would put together a, a complete study of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. He did it. It's fantastic. The Lord gave him a photographic memory. He could remember this verse ties into this verse five chapters away and And like the Lord said, my word will not return unto me void. What you read, it will sit there, it will cook, it will do what it's supposed to do. The word doesn't save you. The Holy Spirit is how you get saved. But the Holy Spirit will give life to your mind so you can understand what is being stated on the written page. It's not a dead letter. It is not a law. It is life. So in the with the apostasy that has taken place in this country, everywhere on YouTube, everything I watch, everything I listen to, I have to be careful because I can catch when these ministries are involved with very simply the dispensational uh, 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 dominionism, not dispensationalism, dominionism. Dominionism, in another way to phrase it, new apostolic reform movement. We are going to take over the world, the governments of the world for Christ, and we will give the world to Christ at his coming. As a gift, we're going to present the nations to Christ. Well, this is unbiblical. No such thing as we're going to take over the world and give a, this massive gift to the Lord when he returns because we love him. And Christ said, uh, is there going to be faith 
when I return, will there be faith? Will I find faith? In other words, uh, there's not going to be, it, it will appear as if faith is non-existent. And the Lord said, my people are going to be martyred. We're in the time, and I really don't like to talk about it, but we're in the time where the nations are going to be, they were, they're going to be at war with Christianity, with all of the seven assemblies, all the lampstands in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Well, 1, 2, and 3, actually. They're going to be at war with the Christians. Why? Because we're the biggest threat to the kingdom of darkness. There is no bigger threat to the kingdom of darkness than Christians. You know, uh, people in the patriot movement that are not Christians, they're not a threat. They're not a threat. We're the threat because we have the Holy Spirit. We're the threat because you can't fight spiritual warfare without fighting in the Spirit. Paul said that in Ephesians chapter 6, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against invisible forces. They're invisible, but they're real and they're powerful. They are very powerful. And that's what we're wrestling against. And you we can see the we can see the like I guess you could say um, in Psalm chapter two, why do the nations rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves against the Lord and against his anointed, against his Christ. This is what we're witnessing presently. The nations are at war with Christ. They are at total war. We can see it. It's a spiritual war, but it's playing out in the physical realm. Psalm 2. Why do the pagan, the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves. The rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, meaning his Christ, saying, let us break their oneness, their bands asunder and cast their cords from us. In other words, we have a restraining power. And that restraining power is in the truth and in the gospel by presenting the truth and the reality of who God is and who his Christ is and the work of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is like the wind. We can't see it coming. We can feel it. We don't know where it's going. We're likened to the every man that uh, we're likened to. Uh, how, did, how did it say in John? Uh, no one sees the wind when it comes. No one sees the wind where it goes. But we know 
and we can feel the effects of the wind as it blows because it brings change. The Holy Spirit, as He comes into your day, as He moves in your day, He'll bring about change in your heart, in your mind, in your emotions. As He comes as the wind, He will most, most always, in the intuition, your intuition will, it's like these little chimes that sit on the back porch. Ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding. They drive me nuts. But the wind comes, and your intuition is like those little chimes, and they, they are just telling you, God is speaking to you, God is speaking, and then we have to exercise to listen, what is the Lord saying? I lose things. I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, what did I do with that, those keys? And I ask, and I hear this ding, 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 ding. I I can't figure. Well, there was, a, there was an item that I had, and I set it down, and it just disappeared. And I couldn't find it. And I looked for it. I looked everywhere. And then all of a sudden, one day, just the Lord said, look behind that box. And I went and looked, and actually there were two boxes. I looked between the two boxes, and I went ahead and moved a box, and sure enough, Sure enough, there was that little, uh, there was that item that I needed. That's the way the Lord works with us. He's like the wind. We don't know where he comes from. We're mysterious. People don't know where we're coming from sometimes because we're mysterious. Um, but so is everyone who has been born again. We have the way to catch the wind, catch the Holy Spirit, and know what He's telling us. We know we have His Spirit upon us. We're going to... Yeah, I have a, about a minute left. But um, I wanted to present Psalm 83... We're not going to, you know, people don't believe, well, Israel, there's going to call it ceasefire. There's going to be dialogue. And another thing, no, there's not. This war is going to, in Psalm 83, is complete. We cannot stop it. Benjamin Netanyahu was the man that was in power four times. This is his fourth time. And this fourth time, he knew that um, he knew that he was going to go to war. He knew it. And God put him in because he's the only king of Israel that could fight this battle. And he is fighting it. And he is being successful. So... He's not going to, they're not going to replace him, to my knowledge. And um, I'm just waiting for the, okay, here we go. The clock is just beginning. We're down to the final 25 seconds. So, God bless you. I mean, really, 
May the Lord, his spirit be upon you. Do not be in distress. Do not be anxious. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. God bless you. God bless you mightily. And we'll talk next week. Rick Rodriguez. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. Hi there, it's Kathy from J-Day's Appliance Sales and Service. I have a maintenance tip to keep your dryer in tip-top shape. Having good clearance in the back, not allowing the vent to be kinked, and check your outside vent for hot and heavy airflow. We're located at 132 East 7th Street, downtown Loveland. Call us at 970-669-1357. That's 669-1357. You can hear the roar, the roar of the Rockies, 1360 AM, KHNC.